Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of CBIA's BizCast. I'm Shannon King. Last week, I talked to Don Drapo Jr., President and CEO of Curtis Packaging in Sandy Hook. I asked Don about the company's recent shift to produce face shields for healthcare workers and how the company was able to ramp up production quickly to increase distribution. Curtis Packaging is also celebrating its 175th anniversary this year. So Don shared with me the resiliency of the business and its employees during time of war, economic recessions, and pandemics, past and present. If you're enjoying the conversations I've been having with businesses large and small across the state, please rate, review, share, and subscribe to the BizCast wherever you get your podcasts. We have so many more in-depth and important conversations coming, and I don't want you to miss any of them. And here is my interview with Don. I want to talk to you about Curtis Packaging's production of face shields. Um, can you talk a little bit about when you decided to um, change production to make face shields and what the process was of getting the specs for that and uh, going through the process of um, quality assurance? Just talk me through the process. Sure, absolutely. Well, for 175 years, we've been manufacturing uh, paperboard packaging at uh, Curtis. And uh, it was an amazing transformation when we uh, looked internally to see what could we do to support COVID and what could we support the PPE side of things. And as a paper-based packaging, there wasn't a whole lot to do. We we kind of came out with some you know newfangled designs that would have paperboard on the outside and, and kind of a mylar window. And they didn't look great. It wasn't going to be 100% effective. So I challenged my head of manufacturing and my lead structural engineer to see if we can come up with a simple, elegant, one-piece construction, but made out of plastic. And it was an interesting journey because we've never dealt with plastic before whatsoever. So initially, we needed to get some plastic in to do some R&D. And only two days later, it only took uh, Will, our lead designer, two days to come up with this design, which is great. And it's a one-piece design where it has a crease that folds back and fits right nicely on your forehead. And it has the back of it has these straps. It's like a Burger King crown, frankly. I mean, that's, that's how it rests on your head. And the idea was we want to do these that are lightweight, disposable, and do them in a way where we can make high volumes. We were watching TV. I was watching TV the other day, and I saw how even NASCAR was getting into the, the PPE shield business. And they, through 3D printing, they were able to do about only 50 a day. And then other companies have had, uh, you know, 1,000 or 5,000 a day. And we wanted to come up with a high volume. How can we support the front line as fast as we can? So now, after we designed this one-piece shield, we had to source the pipeline for plastic. And now that that pipeline is secure, we are producing... Um, up to 100 to 125,000 shields a day. So we're now doing almost 500,000 shields in a week. Wow, that's uh, really incredible. Uh, and how quickly were you able to go from the concept of wanting to produce the face shields and actually producing them and getting them out to uh, the frontline workers? Yeah, we, we, we expedited it. It was amazing how quickly it ran through all of our processes. You know, we got together quickly and we, we met on our first design and then we had to figure out how to sheet plastic 
because it comes in giant rolls and we have a, a sheeter where it takes the rolls and cuts them into different sheets. And then as you could imagine, die cutting paperboard is very different than die cutting plastic and creasing and, and things. Uh, thankfully, we have our own die shop here at Curtis. So we made a lot of different tweaks. And from, from start to finish, from, from literally concept to the first shields coming out in a production format, it was about two weeks. And is that, is that, I mean, that sounds like a quick turnaround. Is that historically a quick turnaround? (laughs) That that is a quick turnaround, especially considering for 175 years, we're dealing with uh, paperboard, Um, but it was very quick. And the other thing that which is important to to note is that we wanted to be very buttoned up along the process. So when doing that, we wanted to see what are the standards out there. So now there's the, there's a standard called ANSI. Z87.1. And the, the ANSI is the American National Standards Institute. And they have a face shield standard. And that's really with OSHA and you know, Department of Labor. So that was important to us to get that certification. And then we've also reached out to the FDA to try to get uh, certified from them. Um, they are very, you know, as you can imagine right now, the demand is very high from the FDA. And so we're working down that avenue too. And the other piece of it, when looking at different plastics, because we're certainly not plastic experts, although we've learned a lot in the last uh, four or five weeks, is making sure that there's an anti-fog coating on it. So now it's almost like it morphed into two different product lines because now everything has anti-fog, but then there's even a version of our face shield that has something called masking. And what masking is, it's a protective film that can be on the face shield itself to ensure there's no scratching. So you would actually, at that point, someone on the front line would tear off this coating and then put the the shield on. Now, that is a more expensive option. It's not necessary, but some people, um, especially like the U.S. government, which we're talking to them uh, for some of these larger contracts, um, are demanding to have it matched. How long does Curtis Packaging plan on making these face shields? That is a fantastic question because... It initially started off, what can we do? How can we have to help the front line? You know, we want to help. We're, we're very, you know, we're an hour from New York City. So we are right in kind of the, the strike zone, the hot zone. So how can we get these to the front line quickly? So that's how it started. Some were donations and then the, and then the volumes are getting much bigger that we needed to, to sell them. We're, we're just going to cover the cost of our plastic, our labor, and some minor, you know, administrative costs. and. And, and margin, which, which, you know, this isn't a situation where we're trying to go out and, and tackle the market. Uh, we found in the, in the plastics world a little bit when we were buying plastic, the pricing was all over the place. Some people are being a little bit more, uh, you know, opportunistic, which was frustrating because we wanted to get a steady pipeline of, of reliable sourcing for plastic, which we now have. Um, but, but what's interesting is what started off is let's see if we can do this for a month. And then it's a, maybe if you do this for a few months. And now not, no one really knows the future and the ups and downs. And with Governor Lamont, with this reopen Connecticut and kind of the unlocking of America, are shields going to be needed? Are they going to be needed by grocery stores or retail environments? I mean, no one really knows. And we have been able to get the attention of some U.S. government contractors. And now they're reaching out to us because, again, these are lightweight, disposable, very quick to put together. and the volumes that we can produce really support what's going on. When, when talking to some of these government contractors, 
I mean, I, I personally absolutely love what they say because what they're, what they're letting us know is federally, there's a lot of frustration with getting PPE overseas and they would rather have U.S. taxpayer dollars going back to U.S. companies. And trust me, we're ready and willing to support that every step of the way. So what we may have is a luxury packaging company that has a side business doing PPE face shields. Uh, so I wanted to ask about, well, obviously, I- I'm going to assume that you have increased production. Um, have you increased work hours at all? And if so, how has employee morale been? Yeah, no, that's a good question. I think in- initially, um, it was this new world order of the social distancing and, and how we have to clean and disinfect all the time and, and staggering uh, you know, breaks and making sure that uh, there's there's no groups together and everyone has the face mask and, and that I know was it was a little hard to get used to at first but everyone has kind of really rallied around the flag if you will and right now there is there's a huge sense of sense of pride amongst all of the the members of Curtis Packaging about making these face shields it's just it's it's great we're we're, we're proud to be able to help the front line we're we're proud to be able to do that very quickly um, I think. All the staff at Curtis knows we are doing everything we can from a management standpoint to make sure that every, everyone is clean and, and everything, all the equipment is, is, is wiped down and disinfected and, and hand sanitizer and you know, all of the CDC requirements that we're following and then going above and beyond where we can. So it stayed very positive throughout this whole process. So I did, you mentioned before, but I did want to highlight again. So Curtis Packaging is turning 175 this year. This year, we're celebrating our 175th anniversary, which is amazing. Um, we've always been in the same footprint here in Sandy Hook, Connecticut. And what was, was pretty fascinating, yesterday we had a Zoom conference call, which tends to be the industry standard, it seems, these days. A lot of Zoom meetings and we were working with one of our clients. One of our customers is Lint Chocolate. And one of the things that I introduced on the call was both Lint Chocolate and Curtis Packaging were founded in 1845. And, uh, and it's kind of amazing that we're working together. So we were thinking about even addressing some sort of a PR uh, campaign there. But, but yeah, this is, this is a, it's a, it's an exciting milestone for our company. Uh, I, I took the business over from my father about 12 years ago, and it's we've always looked at it that we're kind of stewards of the business, um, where we're just hopefully going to pass it down from one generation to the next and always do the right thing. And one of the things we're very proud of is being a very sustainable company, um, very um, environmentally responsible with, with materials and, and with being a carbon neutral facility, 100% renewable energy facility. Um, so we're, we're, we're trying to do the right thing too, to be a good steward and a good citizen in our community. Yeah, absolutely. That's really great to hear. Uh, I have one more question for you. It's kind of a personal question. So, <laughs> um, so Curse Packaging has been around for 175 years. So conceivably the company has been through the flu pandemic of 1918. Um, yeah. and you took over Curtis Packaging in 2008. Is that right? Yeah, I did. Two thousand in two thousand and nine was was around. Uh, I more formally took over Curtis. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So maybe not from the company's one hundred and seventy five years perspective, because obviously you don't have that. But um, 
Sure. In 2009, you came on during um, <laughs> the recession. So what does this say about the resiliency of a company like yours through not only 175 years of war, other pandemics, and then yeah. your experience getting the organization through the recession? Um, just as a leader, um, what have you learned from your experience so far and how are you taking that into um, this new this new normal right now? Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's a great question and we have been through wars and pandemics and recessions and it, it really just shows just the resiliency of, of our employees and innovation's always been key and there's just something about, you know, Curtis in general. I mean, one of my favorite lines that I like to say to everyone is that, you know, tough times never last, but tough people always do. And we've always had that philosophy at Curtis, and we are able to get through these times. And, and as uncomfortable as they, as they may be, um, you know, with the ups and downs with, with economies and, and, and winning a big piece of business or losing a piece of business for whatever reason, um, we just have to stay focused. I mean, we have to stay on point, and we have to be clearly communicating, which is something that I do often with my staff. And with the whole organization, everyone needs to know where we stand. You know, we are completely transparent. I am always transparent about everything, the good and the bad, you know, the old pat in the back or maybe a kick in the butt or however you want to look at it. It's, it's, I want everyone to know where we are. Here's what we're seeing. Here's the landscape. How are we going to adjust? You know, what is our pivot? You know, this one we pivoted, you know, we, as, as the business is, is our backlog is softening currently with our traditional business where we manufacture packaging for um, our largest customers, Titleist, for the golf ball company. Now, Titleist has been closed for the last six or seven weeks. And with the Massachusetts governor's order going to, I believe it's May 18th, that'll be closed for another maybe another, another three or four weeks. But ultimately, I think it's going to be 10 weeks in aggregate. And then other clients, 50% of our business, are, we, we'd make luxury packaging for cosmetics. So it's Estee Lauder and Chanel and others where a lot of the retail environment is shut down and malls and Sephora's. So we're watching that soften. But what did we do? But we took a quick pivot right into the face shield to support that. And that is going to help offset, you know, the valley that we're going to go through in the next couple of months. Um, so I, again, I think it's just being aware. It's being honest and and open and, and transparent and just trying to find a new way. You know, we're kind of gritty New Englanders that, uh, that can get it done. <laughs> Absolutely. I love that line. Tough times don't last, but tough people do. I'm going right. to take, take that away for sure. Well, Don, <laughs> thank you so much for talking with me today. And I'm wishing you, yeah, sure. wishing you the best of luck and, of course, all of your employees the best health. Great. Thank you. Same to you. For the latest COVID-19 information, visit cbia.com. Follow us on Twitter at CBIA News and on Facebook. Call us anytime at 860-244-1900. Stay safe out there. <laughs>